when God is getting ready to shift you to another level. A lot of times we can't get to the next levels in God or relationships because we're afraid to learn, we're afraid to take the next step. How many of you know fear paralyzes you? If God is leading you to take a step forward and you're afraid, how many of you know you can't move on and do anything great in life when you're afraid? You can't let fear dominate your heart and fear dominate your mind because if you're afraid of anything, then you're going to be stuck right where you are. Somebody say fear won't dominate me. All right, some of you are afraid. Y'all can't be scared. You start walking with God, He's going to lead you to some places you've never been before. Amen? Amen. Simon answered unto him and said, Master, we are taught all the night, and we caught nothing. He said, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they had closed the great multitude of fish, and their necks began to break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, and that they should come and help them. And they came, and they filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. What God is trying to tell you is that shallow ground that you own. Amen. You're never going to move into great things. But whenever you begin to move forward, the blessing of God is so great, you're going to need other people to help you to bring it in. So you can sit there and be scared if you want to, or you can launch that business, or you can launch that marriage, or you can launch that thing that God has put in your heart to do that book. Whatever it may be, you can launch it. Are you going to sit there and be scared? How many of you ready to launch today? Now, when you're going through the deep, the deep is complicated. And the deep is complex. When you get in the deep water, there's currents under there, there's waves under there, there's sharks under there. There's all kind of things moving in the deep. Or you can stay right there on that shallow bank and just look out there. And, or you can get in there and trust that God will be with you when you do what he told you to do. And the beautiful thing about that story, he didn't tell Peter to jump in another pond. He told Peter to launch right where he was struggling and caught nothing. See how obedience is? God can bless you right where you are. In the same area where you've been toiling and getting no good results, if you obey God, God can flip it just like that. Any good? Amen. So let's go into the Word today. Let me pray. Amen. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for these, oh God, that are gathered with us by those, God, that are healing, God, those that are connected with us. Father, I pray today, oh God, that something I speak, uh, something I say, that God can be a blessing to somebody's life. God, something that they hear will cause them to be inspired to draw closer to you. God, and I bind every spirit that will come to hinder your word, God, every unclean thing, God, everything that's blocking, God, everything in our own way. God, and as we sit down at your table to eat this morning, God, God, and as we sit down before you, God, with our hearts open and our minds clear, Father, begin to pour out of this spirit. Father, begin to pour out of your word. Father, begin to open up your word to us, O oh God, that we would know how to serve you better. God, begin to open up your word to us, God, so that we can know how to please you, God. God, and as I begin to teach this message 
Amen. So let's go into the word, amen. I'm going to just recap last week, amen. I was talking to you about, amen, giving your best or your first fruits to God, amen, the things that open up the nature, amen, how when we give that to God, amen, it blesses the rest that comes behind it, amen. So how many of you are vowing to give God your best all of the time? Amen. How many of you want to make sure that whatever you give to God is the very best that you possibly can give? Amen. We can't see God give us His best. Amen. If God gave us His best, then we should give God our best. Amen. So let's get into the Word today. Amen. Amen. Let's go to. Amen. Amen. I have a message for you today. Amen. This is part two. Amen. The aroma of sacrifice. My Lord. Let's give you some, something about what sacrifice means. Amen. How many of you are familiar with the term sacrifice? Amen. We understand that we sacrifice. Amen. We're giving up something to get something greater back. Amen. If you're giving up something precious, if you're giving up something dear, if you're giving up something you can use yourself, if you're giving up time, you could be doing other things. You're giving up to get back. And this is why a lot of times people stay in bondage or people stay in poverty, because the poor and the middle class, they have a, a consumer mindset. A consumer's mindset is everything they get in their hand, they're consuming right now. But when you're trying to get to another level, you got to learn what's called delayed gratification. Delayed gratification means if I have something in my hand, I can't consume it, I got to plan it. If I have something in my hand, I can't consume it, I got to give it up so it can come back. And most times people live their whole life in poverty because they never understand in order to get something great, you got to put something out or you got to give something up. Amen. So I'm trying to help you change the way you're thinking through this series because you've got to understand that if you're not willing to give something up, you're going to stay at the lower levels of life. But in order for you to learn the principles of God and how to advance and elevate your life to new levels, you've got to learn the concepts of the Word of God. So somebody say, sacrifice. I'm giving up to give something greater back. All right. Amen. Hallelujah. So let me give you a few definitions of the word sacrifice. It means an act of offering to a deity or to buy something precious. You remember when the woman, when Jesus began to, to move in that woman's life, I would say she had some very expensive ointment, and she began to take that ointment, and she began to pour it on his feet, and she began to take her begin to wash his feet with the hair. With her hair. Y'all remember that? And remember Judah began to say, Lord, we could have taken that and used that for the poor. We could have sold that. What Judas was referencing, whenever you sacrifice, you could have, he didn't want to sacrifice. He wanted to consume it. But the woman said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give this up to the Lord and I'm going to get something greater back. And after that woman gave that oil up, what Jesus began to say was, Everywhere that the gospel is preached from now on till I come back, this, what this woman has done, will be a memorial unto God. This is what you got to learn. 
sacrifice speaks to God. Your words don't speak to God. But God said they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Anytime you gotta understand relationships and you gotta understand the emotional makeup, you gotta understand the mental makeup of, of, of us and of God. Nothing speaks to you in a relationship more than somebody going out of their way to do something to prove that they love you. I'm gonna say that again. Somebody can say, I love you all they want. But if they only show it when it's convenient to them, when they feel like it, whenever they want to, whenever they up to it, you can say, I love you all you want. But unless you drive 300 miles to come see me, unless you come and then go out of your way and just, I mean, literally, you got to prove that you love me. You can't just say, I love you. Nothing says, I love you. Than going above and beyond to prove the love you have for somebody. Somebody said you gotta prove it. And this is how humans are made. We gotta understand that. Human beings are designed to bond. And the way we bond, we bond when you when somebody say, Man, I love you, you my brother. And you and your brother got $3,000 and you broke. You need to pay your light bill. No, I'm going to bring it down a little bit. Let's say your light bill $200. And your brother have no money to pay his bill. And now you got some money coming. And you can use that $200. And you take that $200 you give it to your friend to pay his bill. You know what goes in his spirit? Man, my boy, love me. Now, if he know you got the money, and his lights get cut off, and you would say, man, you my friend, you my friend, you my friend, and when I needed you, you just put your hand in your pocket and didn't give him the money. How do you think he, what is he going to say about you? What are you going to say? See, that's how humans are designed. We are designed to bond when people go out of their way and they sacrifice. That speaks to me. You really care about me. Sacrifices speaks louder than words. Sacrifices speaks louder than words. When you when you go beyond, Jesus said, if a man asks you to go one mile, he said, uh-uh, go two. Meaning, go beyond what's required. Don't abort the job until what's, the mission is accomplished, no matter what it costs you to accomplish the mission. Oh, my God, I feel good. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter seven. Somebody say sacrifice. You keep saying it because when I get to the end of this, you won't understand. Sacrifice, destruction, or surrender of something for the sake of something else. Something given up or lost. To suffer a lot. To give up. To renounce. To destroy for an idea or belief or an end. Beautiful. The Bible talks about drawing near to God. A lot of people think you draw near to God like this. It's not how you draw near to God. You draw nigh to God when you could be doing something else, but you replace that time with time with God. 
You draw nigh to you don't draw nigh to God with your mouth. You draw nigh to God. You see, a true worshiper don't serve God when it's convenient. See, a lot of people, that's called the vain worshiper. A lot of people worship God in their spare time. They worship God when they have time. They worship God when they feel like it. They pray when it's, you know, it's convenient. But no, it's true worship. Whenever you turn and it's uncomfortable, when you pray and you push beyond that barrier, that's when you start to move into showing God you really a worshiper. A vain worshiper just worship when they feel like it. True worshipers worship in the storm. A vain worshipers leave God when the storm comes. A true worshiper, whenever Christ is here, they do like Job. He shaved his head. You don't have to shave your head. The point is, he just pressed reset. He said, I don't even understand what's going on right now, but I'm going to just hit reset, and I'm going to just humble myself before God until I can figure out what is going on. He said, but though he slay me, I'm going to just go ahead on and trust him. Vain worshippers complain, true worshippers worship. Oh my God. Sacrifice. First Corinthians 7. And this is where a lot of people's problems and, and, and source of discontentment come from. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me to feed this, to feed this. He said, But this I say, brother. The time is short, it remains, that both they that have wives to be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use the world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. He said, but I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried, care for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married, care for the things of the world, how he may please his wife. He says, there is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried, care for the things of the Lord, that they may both be holy in body and in spirit. But she that is married cared for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. He said, And this I speak for your own profit, but not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. So Paul is talking about the, the, the placement of your emotion. He's talking, this is a spiritual, this is an emotional message that Paul is speaking to Corinth. What Paul is trying to say is, even if you have a wife, there's times that the service of God may require you to do something, your wife may be requiring you to do something, you gotta choose what God is telling you to do. See, idolatry is simply, what is your emotions larger to you? That's all idolatry is. Paul is saying, I'm not telling you not to have a husband. I'm not telling you not to have a wife. But when it comes down to God on your wife, you got to choose God. He said, they that's married live to God as if they're not even married. What he's saying is this, your mind got to be so locked in on God because there's sometimes that relationship dynamic may cause you to compromise. 
Let's say, for instance, you saved and your spouse not saved. And you, instead of you coming to the house of God, you say, well, when my wife gets strong or my husband gets strong, that's when I'm going to start serving God. No, Paul is saying, you got to serve God like you don't even have a wife. He said that you would be without carefulness. What he said is, you can't let these earthly dynamics fill your mind with so much care and worry to where your spiritual life is impacted and you don't have a free connection with God. How many times we let these our earthly dynamics cloud our relationship with God? If my friend is not fired up, I'm not fired up. My husband don't want to come to church, so I'm going to just drag myself. You come into church all of the time dragging because you're worrying about somebody that's not safe. No, a sanctified wife, sanctified husband. Three of you stay fired up and you stay strong and an example. And if they come, they come. But if they don't come, two's going to be in the bed. One's going to be taken. One's going to be left. God says time out for basing our relationship with him on our relationship with other people. Too many of us base our walk with God on human attachments. That's what Paul is telling you. You gotta serve God like you don't even have a spouse. And if you serve God like you don't have a spouse, one day you're gonna look up and your spouse will be right there with you. But if you keep arguing with them all of the time, they never gonna get sanctified. Why are you worrying about somebody you can't control? You gotta stay locked in on God. Y'all hear what Paul is trying to tell you? Paul is telling you, I'm not telling you don't have these earthly things. He's using this world, but not abusing it. The meaning abuse is whenever these worldly goods starts to contaminate or pollute your walk with God. Some people can't serve God right because their mind too full of earthly cares. You ever declutter the house, declutter the room? Somebody say, get the clutter out. <laughs> Every time you try to pray, you think about somebody else. You worrying about who not praying with you. You worrying about who not serving God with you. You worry, no, you can't serve God like that. You gotta go forward. See, that's sacrifices right there. Because if you waiting on somebody else to get caught up, you might be waiting for a long time. Oh, my God. See, that's an emotional. Paul is speaking to your emotions. He said this. He said, set your affections or things that affect you on things above. You know what should affect you? When your prayer life dries up, that should affect you. When you haven't been studying your Bible like you should, that's what should affect you. When your fast life is dried up like a dry pond, that's what should affect you. When you've got unforgiveness in your heart, you should be disturbed. When you've got bitterness and anger and resentment that you can't get over, you should be you shouldn't be able to sleep. That's what should affect you. You shouldn't be affected by early things. You should be affected when your spiritual life is getting out of whack. If you still being affected by the cares of the world, that's your 
show you where you are in the Holy Ghost. Every little thing rattle you. Every little thing make you want to back up. No. When you strong in God, when you strong in God, Paul said, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Meaning there's no excuse for you to back up on God. I say steadfast, unmovable. I'll say that again, sir. That's how I do it. Come on and say unmovable, unshakable, steadfast. Say, I'm not going to be up today, down tomorrow. I'm not going to be fired up today, dry tomorrow. I'm not going to be hot today. That's how some Christians are. <laughs> you need church fired up, the word get them stirred up, and they forget. I told y'all, you forget you got a real devil waiting for you tomorrow. Come back next week limping on in, man, I barely mean. The Bible don't tell you to limp into the, to the gates of the Lord. It says enter in his bush with praise. Enter in with thanksgiving. Meaning if you've been doing the things that you're supposed to be doing during the week, you're going to be sleeping through the doors when you come to church. Oh, my God. You think the person that walked through the doors fired up didn't have trials just like you? <laughs> they had trials just like you. The difference is during the week how they manage them trials. God don't want his people dragging in church without no joy, without no happiness. Man, you come into the house of the Lord. You coming into the King of Kings. You coming before a great and wonderful God. You should come in his presence. Man, God, I can't wait to get in the church with that. I'm ready to get my praise on, man. I'm ready to make it. I'm just, you should be anxious like David said. Oh, my God. What's dragging you down, church, is the emotional attachment that you have. And here's how your relationship with God is going to move to level to level. God is really going to let fire come. Because what, what, I'm going to teach you something. We've been hearing about fire trials, but now I'm getting ready to show you from the old covenant. We all know the old is allegories, shadows, and types, Right? But what happened was, let me read this in Exodus. Y'all, how many of y'all have y'all phones? I need y'all to search those for me real quick. Because I want y'all to see how many times God spoke about what I'm getting ready to teach. Pull your Bible up, your digital Bible, whatever you got. And search this. Just search sweet, savor, two words, S-A-V-O-U-R. Search that. Sweet Savior. And turn to Exodus 28, Exodus 29 and 18. Amen. Paul says, set your affections. I mean, you got to kind of take your affections and set them on the things above. You got to, you got to learn how to take your emotions and put them where you want them. Amen. Exodus 29 and 18. All right. Wonderful scripture. Amen. Thanks for this. Y'all found it? How many times you see those two words come up together? 
Um, say that again. Forty six, forty four. So about forty five times you see that, meaning that about. So that's telling you God. That's over and over. That's constant. What that's telling you is the earth produces snails. But there's aromas that go up to God. And with, now this right here, 40 something times, this is connect, directly connected to sacrifices. Now, here's what sacrificing is when you have an emotional attachment to something, the, the trial or the fire trial, that is an allegory of when they would take real animals and put them on the altar and burn those things. And with that fire, they would burn. And when that animal would go up, it produced an aroma that went up to God. And when that sacrifice came up to God, it came up like perfume. Who got some perfume in here? Spray something in that out. Y'all gonna get this. I'm, I'm not teaching. When I teach, you gonna get what I'm talking about. Anybody else? Y'all got some, some of that? Anybody got something they can spray in the air? Oh, try to You can't. Say that again. Say it one more time. I like that because that's a great point. Say that again. Say it again. Is what? Not sacrifice. The spread word. <laughs> see, that's what a sacrifice is. You see how beautiful that is? Prayer squirt, sacrifice. And God will give you 20 more bottles back. Don't worry about that. Well, how you doing? Spend some, burn some, however you get it out, get it out. Roll it out. Put it on your wrist somewhere. Put it on carry. Yeah, that's good. See, that's a sacrifice. You see what I'm talking about? You see how God is so good? Those emotional attachments, that's what he's talking about. So whenever you emotionally attach to something, a fiery trial will come to burn that emotion. And when that emotion is being burned, it's producing an aroma that goes up to God. And it speaks to him. That's what them fiery trials come to do. They come to burn out them bad affections. They come to, and that's why it's so hard. That's why it's so painful. Because something is dying on the inside of you. Those things that you attach to, they're dying. And it's those moments of sacrifice that make people leave God. If you don't sacrifice those emotional attachments, you will never bond with God. Gotta let them burn. You gotta sacrifice it. And whatever you attach to, the fire trial is gonna come to burn that emotion out of you. Oh my God. Anything you love more than God, when you commit to the Lord, He's gonna let something fiery come to burn that out of you. And whenever the days of reckoning come, when it's time for you to give it up, whenever you let that thing die, whenever you let that thing be sacrificed, God is going to say, now I know. Lord Jesus, help me preach Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. My Lord, my Lord. Somebody say, burn them emotions out. 
A lot of people think when we're talking about killing the flesh, we talking about, he's talking about your, your earthly emotions, that's the flesh. The things that you attach to, the things that you've been connected with, those are fleshly things. And God is going to come to burn that out of you. Now, you can hold on to them and go the other way, or you can get in that fire trial and let that thing die, and that smell will go. When lust starts dying, whenever God brings you to a, to a trial, and you say, you know what, I'm not giving in to that, and that thing start dying out of you, as you die, when that thing is completely dead, boom, a smell go up. How you smell? Nobody wanna answer. See, she says she smelled good because you didn't sacrifice that good perfume. <laughs> you see how that good, a good smell comes after a sacrifice. Paul said it like this: Present your body as what a living sacrifice. Meaning you are always gonna be bearing a body in your body, the dying of the Lord. Every day, something in you should be dying. Paul said, "I die every day. Every day, God is presenting something to me that I gotta kill." If you're not dying daily, you're not sacrificing. And that's why you're never full of the joy and the peace. Because when something dies, something new pops up. So whenever depression dies, joy don't pop up. Christians need to know why not experiencing the fullness of God. Because you don't want to sacrifice. Paul said, present your body. Say, God, here's my body. Every emotion in me that's not attached to you, just bring a flower child so I can start dying on the altar. See, people quoted it. They Paul just saying, please scripture. He said, present your body. Here it is, God. Every emotion that's in there that's not an allegiance to you brings something sorry, and so I can start dying. Don't raise your hand if you're not ready to present. Anybody ready to present? <laughs> that's why it's been so hard. You've been dying. Oh, Jesus. I don't even read this scripture. Need the Holy Ghost to help me. Somebody say, "Help him, Holy Ghost." He got him. I felt this and all in my soul. Twenty-nine and eighteen of Exodus. Look what it says. And thou shalt burn pieces of ram. How much of that ram God won't burn? How much he won't burn? He don't want 50% of your lust dead. He wants the whole thing dead. He don't want 50% of your attitude dead. He wants the whole thing burned. He don't want 50% of your bitterness dead. He wants all of it dead. He said, burn the whole ram. A lot of people want to burn them. Two of the legs. And then figure out how to keep some of the sin. No, you can't burn two of the legs. Burn the whole ram. That ram represented your sin. That emotional attachment. God said, don't burn half of the ram. I want the whole ram. 
Abraham burnt. That's why people keep going around and around in their Christian world because they only want to burn half of the ram. You can't burn half of the ram and expect God to say, ooh, I like that. No, you got to burn everything that's not of God. If it's not of God, it's got to be burned with a fiery trial. All of it. Oh, my God. Oh, I feel like preaching today. I feel like oh, 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 preaching. I ain't gonna lie, the church needs to learn how to sacrifice. Because <laughs> in America, it's easy to serve God out of convenience. We got a lot of things fighting for our attention. Got a lot of things we can do. We, I mean, sin is just, I mean, it's just easy. You could pick the phone up, flip the remote, make a call. You can get into something. That's how we used to be growing up. What you getting into? You can get into something just like that. Lord Jesus. Look what he said. Burn the whole ram on the altar. That's what these altar calls for. Whenever you come to this altar, see, when you really come to this altar, right? When you coming to burn things out of you, that's when those tears start to flow, a lot of you can't get breakthrough because you come to the altar stiff as a board. God trying to burn something out of you. That's fire, though. There ain't no real altar if there ain't no fire there. You can't tell me we don't have fire at this altar. All the devils out of sea come out of this place. Seeing the Holy Ghost falling over and over. There's nothing but fire at this altar. There's not a real altar of God if there's no fire there. You can't come before the fire of God stiff as a boy. He said, whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We need a church that's coming to the altar weeping. We need a church that's coming to the altar mourning. The Bible says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. It's fire at this altar. Man, I feel this. Ooh. Burn the whole ring. And it is a burnt offering. Somebody said, If it ain't burned, it ain't died. And the only thing that burns, y'all gonna preach with me today. Everybody gonna walk out of here with this message in their belly. <laughs> Somebody say, if it ain't no fire, it ain't no burning. And if it ain't no burning, it ain't no sacrifice. Gotta stop fooling ourselves. If you come into this altar full of anything, this altar is real. If you come with the right heart, everything that's in you that's not of God should be burned right there. Burn that ram up. Look what happened. And when the ram was burning unto the Lord, it's a sweet savor. An offer made by what? You know what that means? Whenever you get in the moments where you tempted to do what you used to do, and it's the time to choose, that's called a fiery trial. It ain't fire unless you can feel it. When you can feel it, that means it's fire. That's when it's time to die. I'm running from the fire. Oh, my God. And when the fire hit it, you would think a dead animal burning was stinking. No. When that thing started burning, a 
we smelled the shot out of it. Boom! And went to God, and God was sitting on his throne. Something is dying. Something, he was looking at an old personality dying. When your old personality starts to die, it tells God, somebody is sacrificing to me. Whenever you get in the midst of a fire, and you over there from a cone, and you want to throw your sets and throw words, but you don't do it this time, and that thing is dying on the inside of you, that's sending a smell to God. Why do you think God put you in an opportunity to fight? He's trying to burn something out of you. He's trying to slay. Paul said, we're counted as sheep for the slaughter. We are killed all day long. Now, you understand what Paul was talking about? Church don't want to die. Want a great church, but don't want to die. You can become a big church. But a big church don't mean you're a great church. A great church means that's fire at the altar. Because a church big don't mean the altar's on fire. But the altar's on fire when people in that church sacrificing for God. Altars don't burn by numbers. Altars burn because of sacrifices going on. Numbers don't heat the church up. Sacrifice and leave the church off. That would trick people that face the numbers, and you got 5,000 people and nobody died. And nobody sacrificing on the altar. And you're trying to live in a church in the woods. 20 people coming there living clean, living sanctified, living holy. Numbers don't impress God. Sacrifices impress God. Say light it up. It's 65 in here, and I'm still sleeping. And she's been on all night. People come and they say, Oh man, I like the song certainly. <laughs> well, they sound good over there. Bree and them, all of them, they jamming, man. They got an album coming out. Praise the worship leader, record music. I didn't want That's good. But God didn't call us to church to be entertained. 
I say, burn it away. <laughs> so how many times y'all saw fire and sweet stages? Y'all think that was an accident? No, that's a principle. Something gotta die. And it dies by fire. And when it dies, it's producing a smell. Oh my God. Lord Jesus, verse 25. And thou shalt receive them of thy hands, their hands, and burn them before an altar, upon the altar, for a burnt offering, for a sweet savor before the Lord. It is an offering made by what? Unto the Lord. Now let's go to humans. Ephesians 5 and 2. Lord Jesus. Trying to get the church from being so comfortable. Church don't want to sacrifice. If it make them uncomfortable, they're not doing it. No, you ain't going to get nowhere in God until you start serving when you're uncomfortable. Do you not die as long as you're comfortable? As long as it's convenient and that's when you do it, you ain't dying. You don't get empowered by God until you start serving when it's not convenient. Sometimes, man, I'll be tired. Sometimes when people say, well, why are you pushing? Because souls need to be saved. People need to hear the word of the Lord. Paul said, I spin myself. But Paul would say, there was times where I could have just pushed Paul and say, I'm not preaching today. But then he saw somebody needed the word. People don't want to push beyond their counseling. They want a great church. You could be a shallow church and come and nothing happening, but if we want to be powerful, we got to sacrifice. You got to get in them trees, go meet people, shake hands, women when you don't feel like it. You got to come to prayer when you don't feel like it. You got to sing your song when you don't feel like it. You got to show up to Bible study when you don't feel like it. It ain't no sacrifice if you only do it when you feel like it. When 
I'm going to be the first example. You ain't got to worry about it. Promise you. Amen? Amen. Look what he said in Ephesians 5 and 2. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us. And has what? He sacrificed himself for us an offering and a what? For what? Oh, y'all thought that was just the Old Testament how what things were sacrificing that produced a smell. No, it was a human being that gave up so much of himself until what he just sacked his whole early existence was sacrificial. The Bible said he became poor to make many rich. Some of us can't take a little cutting out of salary. Because we gotta work all them hours. No, give up a little bit of them hours. It's okay to give up a little something for God. Come back. Jesus say, no man that has sacrificed his house, his wife, and his lands for my sake won't be given back a hundredfold more in this life and in the world to come eternal life. Don't just see your little sacrifice like something great now. I already know greatness is coming back to me. I'm not even, I don't even think about that. I'm just throwing treasures up. He said, lay up treasures in heaven. Every time you sacrifice, that's a treasure waiting on you when you get there. You're trying to stack your early account, but money can't save you when death knock on your door. You got two billion in the bank, but when debt show up, you can't say, here, two billion, give me five more years. Wrong answer. The only thing that can get you past debt is holy living. Holy living. The Bible said, being in the form of God, he thought he not rival to be equal with God. He took upon himself. See, sacrifice has to be willing. God is not going to force you to give up on your time and your resources, your talents. He not, it's got to be willing. You got to, he said, I love a cheerful giver. He's not just talking about money. He's talking about anything you give to me. You got to give it with the right attitude. Oh, my God. The Bible says he became poor. Then when Jesus, God was analyzing who's going to go into the world. How are we going to save these people? What are we going to do? How are we going to fix this problem? There's an epidemic out there. Sin is running rampant. It's stinking in my nose. Somebody got to die for this. Somebody got to sacrifice for this. Jesus said, just give me a body. He said, just give me a body. All of you got bodies in it. What are you willing to give up in your body for God? Are you willing to give your body up for God? It's not that deep. He's talking about his service. Present your body. Your emotions live in your body. Are you willing to put that on the altar so God can make you a man of God? You can't be called to be a man of God, but you don't want to die. It's, it's easy to want to, but the path to it 
about. I feel like some of y'all get me like, man, I can do this. Why do you think a cloud came over Jesus? Anybody know? The Bible says that if they were in that mountain and they were out there, and Peter said, let me read that in First Peter. Oh, this is beautiful. Second Peter 1 and 17. Somebody say sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice means good. Lord Jesus. Second Peter 1 and 17. One of the most beautiful scriptures you ever will lay your eyes on. It says, For he received from God the Father honor and glory. See, that's a problem with a lot of people in the church world. They're not worried about the honor that comes from God. People are more concerned about the honor that comes from me. And more worth, see, whenever you begin to really sacrifice for God, the Bible says, Woe unto the man that the world speaks well of. See, if everybody's speaking well of you and God is not, you gotta learn what is God talking about me. See, everybody can speak well of you, but if God is frowning upon you, you need to be, your affections need to be disturbed. The Bible says, a cloud overshadowed him. And as the cloud dropped right there, it said, a voice came out of the cloud. Look how Peter described this. Ooh, this is beautiful. When there came such a voice from the excellent glory, what voice is coming from the excellent glory about you? What is the excellent glory saying about your life? Does he see a person that's doing whatever it takes to please God? Or is he seeing a person that serves him when it's convenient? This is my beloved son. In whom I am, what kind of pleased? Why was he so pleased with him? What made God so pleased with him? Ephesians 5 and 2. Because he sacrificed and gave himself as an offering for you and I, and it went up to God as a sweet smelling savior. When you begin to sacrifice for others, then the excellent glory is going to say, that is my beloved daughter. She could have been doing anything Friday night, but she took two hours out of her time to go check on that sister and pray her through and tarry with her and help her get saved and full of the Holy Ghost. Now that's what, yeah, she could have been doing anything, but she used those two hours to do service in my kingdom. That's called sacrificing. It ain't no sacrificing if you got the time to do it and you just got some spare time. Oh, I got about I got some spare time. Let me go do something for somebody. Wrong answer. Oh my God, I'm not quiet on. He said, I'm on radar. <laughs> you understand what God is saying? If you want to be well pleasing to God, you gotta start sacrificing, or you gotta give up things that that was so beautiful. How loud it did that! I mean, it couldn't have came. I know better. I said, "It's precious." It's the highest expensive. That's what God wants, right there. See, it's not. If it's not valuable, then it's not a sacrifice. If it's not valuable, it's not a sacrifice. 
I bet you she had one of them five dollar bottles from not from the dollar store down the street. She would have just. You know, you got a five dollar bottle, you just pull that boy out and they all diluted with water and all that. You can barely get a hint. Just a whiff of that. I'd rather like say one, but I don't even want to do it. Somebody might miss it. Somebody might be. See, but if you got a bottle of $200 perfume, and it's about how many ounces come in a bottle of perfume? About six? How many? 3.4? So a two hundred dollar bottle divided by three point four. What each ounce cost? About sixty dollars. Ooh, now that's what I'm talking about. That's that. Y'all don't think they got cologne like that? Brother-in-law sent me a bottle for a cologne. It's called. I forgot that it's beautiful though. It's coming just a bottle for it. Vine, the New York vine or something. About four, five hundred. You spread it this, this a quarter. You just, oh yeah, that's it right there. But the reason people value, she don't want to spurt because let's say you make twenty dollars an hour, and you have to spend ten of your hours to buy that one bottle of perfume. I mean, you have to let people mistreat you at work. You have to let, you have to go to a place. You might even hate that job. And 10 hours of your life, you spent to get that bottle, and somebody walked in and said, spread in the air. That's how people serve God. You know how long it took me to get that? You know what I had to go through to get that? You gotta show your God, not with your mouth. You know, hey, talking don't mean nothing to God. It's what you do in the fire. He said, I choose my service in the furnace of affliction. God chooses you when he sees your furnace behavior. That's when you are chosen. You are chosen in the furnace. You're not chosen when you get up here hearing the message in your mouth, running your bombs, the drums just bumping all that good. And, oh, he preached today and all that song today. That's not when you chosen. You chosen on Mondays at three in the afternoon when your boss riding your neck and you God just see you right there. I'm not going to embarrass God today. That's when God said, okay, I got something I can work with right there. That's when God chooses his servants. Oh, my God. Woo-hoo. I've seen that man, especially started doing this. Man, working, running a dealership, you see people come. Oh, man, I'm going to be the best. Until they have to, they see the grind it takes to be the best. When they see the hours you got to put in. And they see you driving a vehicle, you're wearing certain things. Man, I want to be like that. And don't know how many sales meetings I went into to get that. I don't know how many trainers I had to draw through to get that skill. Don't know how many times I had to grind and how many times I had to stay late to 9 o'clock. 
They don't know the price I had to pay. Sometimes not even getting to see my family. Sometimes not even going to a basketball game for my son. Sometimes my daughter running track. I got to get there late. Sometimes you got to take two steps of vehicle. Hey, y'all go ahead. I got a person. I'm going to meet you over there. I can't leave it. See, a lot of people want to live like you, but when it comes to pay the price you pay, they don't want to pay the price. They just want the lifestyle. You can't get the lifestyle if you're not willing to pay the price. You got to pay the price to live great. And then people look at you and be mad and say, how you did that? I worked. Ain't no mystery. It ain't no secret to it. I put 75 hours in last week. There's nothing worse than somebody as healthy, as smart, as talented as you asking you to borrow something when they can go get it themselves. Employment right now is about a little over 3%. You telling me you can't find work? That's called full employment. I'm not going to take that job, but you don't have one. How you picking? You don't have nothing. You got to take something just to get the ball rolling. And if you're struggling with taking it, bring that pride and sacrifice it at this altar so God can bless you. You need to get that pride burned out of you because there's nothing worse than a poor man that's proud. Solomon said, that's a shame to see a poor man with pride. You're supposed to be proud or as just or as logical, the pride of life, meaning you got something you accomplished. But to be poor and proud? We need that. We need to burn that. Somebody say, burn that pride. Get out of here. Let me see. I need to drop the temperature on that and see it's about to get hot in here. <laughs> I just feel it in the air. <laughs> Somebody say, let it burn. See, sacrificing is a love language to God. When you sacrifice, when you sacrifice it, and you're giving up things that's precious to you, that is communicating to God that you love Him. Let's go to Genesis. Let's prove this. Genesis 22, 9 and 18. I don't even know if I need to read this story. Y'all heard this story. What smell you been giving? I want it. Anybody? If you've been sacrificed and you've been sending up nothing but sweet smells to God, but if you've been only giving Him your time when it's convenient, and do I need to say what that smell like? Well, I was like, I can't believe any day got 24 hours of the day if they want to throw the five minutes of prep. Man, somebody get that out of here. <laughs> so I was like, man, <laughs> some of them players I can see is like the angels just taking the trash out. God tell that you need to get that out of here. <laughs> that one too. I don't want that. He's 
at the altars. He's at the altar of your life observing what you bring in there. And when you bring in there, you open your Bible for two minutes, look dark. Look deep. Much study and where is the flesh. When you're so hungry for God and you got encyclopedias, dictionaries, concordances, and your brain is tired and your brain is scrambling and it's hurting you, and you, then God is like, okay, now I'm about to reveal something People want revelation, but they don't want to put the work in to get it. Do you have any clue how much I got to study to understand? Oh, my God. Sometimes you got to go to Webster. One word got eight definitions, and you got to say, okay, what's the context I'm reading again? Okay, which one fit the context? But then sometimes I ask Josh last week about a story, and you don't know I'm studying for the sermon, and I'm like, what that mean? He said, any game? I said, no, that's not it. That's time I have to put, because I'm digging, I'm searching, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, and then after you do all of that studying, you're only talking 50 minutes. Sometimes you're going on YouTube, I'm watching videos. Sometimes I'm watching National Geographic. Sometimes I gotta watch and sit there and watch the behavior of something for a long time just to learn one thing. People wanna be preachers and men of God and John 3.16, from God so loved me. Well, they taught you in Sunday school when you was five. You learned that in catechism when you were six. How you going to come before a church with the most intelligent men has ever been, and you going to come to before the church with some shallow messages? You need to respect the audience. People studying now. There's information everywhere. People preaching all over the world. You need to dig in that word. How you want to stand before God's people and you come in first grade? You're going to preach the gospel to intelligent people with no knowledge. You're trying to win somebody with a degree and you don't know nothing. They okay, well, what does this mean? No, the Bible says you should have an answer for why you believe, how you believe. If somebody asks you a question, you should be able to go in your word and say, that's why God said that. Oh, my God. Trying to help y'all. I don't want to kid you so you can make you think that's easy. Some things I've read over and over, and God will bring it right back to it. I'm studying for this, and God says, first we save. And I go, Lord, it's on time. He said, I'm trying to show you you can't, you can't, You can't become a servant of God without sacrificing your time. A, a simple sacrifice would be phone time. Now, that's a good place to start. That's a good place to start. You can, if you want to sacrifice something, burn that right there. Not all of it, because Paul said, use this word to it. Nobody, if anybody comes preaching that using your phone is a sin, and that's not what abuse is the sin. But take some of that time. Hey, man, I've been doing this. Man, let me give an hour to study 
You'll be surprised how much the Word of God will start leaping off the pages when you put the work in. Oh, my God. Somebody say sacrifice. Oh, let me finish this up. I don't want to bore you today. Y'all not bored with me today, are you? <laughs> I didn't think so. Somebody say sacrifice. Genesis 22, 9 to 18. Now, what's beautiful about this story, here is our patriarch. Anytime you see God introducing the concept, he's going to do it. You're going to see him in the lead or you're going to see the heaven is going to introduce something to the patriarch. So the Bible calls Abraham the father of faith or the father of many nations or our patriarch. It's Happy Father's Day. Somebody say Happy Father's Day, Abraham. Now, y'all really believe that? Because the Bible says that Jesus said when you get into the kingdom of God, you're going to see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, a lot of y'all, when I'm saying something, I'm telling you, you, this man is the father of what we're doing today. He's the first one that gospel was preached to. So when God came to him, God was trying to establish the principle of sacrificing. He was trying to show you that this is how I bond with you. I bond with you when you sacrifice to me. When you give up things that's precious to you, that's how we connect. So I don't even need to read the story. Do I need to read it? They say read it. All right, I'm going to read it, then I'm going to preach it, and we're going to. What scripture? Verse 9? All right. Y'all follow me close. And they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there. And he laid the wood in order. So you got to do it in order. And he bound Isaac or something precious. He bound it on that altar. And he laid him on the altar on the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand. And he took the knife to slay his son. See, well, some of y'all haven't been nice to them things that's precious to you. This revelation coming to you. God is just speaking to you. He's just dropping it off. And you gotta put the nice to things that's precious to you. That toy. You gotta put it on the altar and put that knife in it. And you gotta make sure it's dead. If you put that lust on the altar and it's still squealing, turn that knife. Oh. You gotta put that thing, and if you if when that thought comes to your mind, you gotta give this up. Turn it. Every time you come to the altar, the devil's gonna be telling you, what about this? Turn it again. What about that? Turn it again. You might get lonely sometimes. Turn it again. You might cut it in with them. Turn it again. You might you can't go to the club. Turn it again. Every time the devil comes to you with reasons why something shouldn't die, turn that knife again. What you say, brother Ken? Oh, I love this message. He said, bleed it out. You got to keep turning that thing that's not pleasing to God until there's no more life to it. Until there's no more trace of it. Oh, my God. Hey, 
Abraham picked his hand up to that knife, with that knife, when he was coming down, that angel said, Abraham, don't hurt your son. All God wanted to see was where his emotional attachment was. Once God saw his emotion was in the right place, God said, that's all I needed to see. God said, that's all I was looking for. I just wanted to see where your emotions were. Because the scripture says in the New Testament that Abraham had accounted that if he killed Isaac, God was able to raise him back up. See, that's what you got to realize. The thing that you sacrifice, God don't give it back to you greater. You might be attached to somebody that's not good for you. And God said, give them up. And it's hurting. Turn somebody, say, turn the knife. Turn it again. Turn it again. And you might be single for two years. Guess who's going to come in two years, though? Go as a walk through the door while you're stuck with God. You got your mind on God, and you just doing God's will. And next thing you know, Boaz come in. Now, don't you go running to Boaz. Soon as a new brother come in, oh, that's my husband. No, 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 no. Say it again. Every time a new person comes in the church, that's not your wife. Two edges, y'all. See how I flip that out? Be picking on my sisters, but brothers do it too. Oh, that's my wife. How you know? You know where they're from. You don't even know how long they're going to be here. Might just be a first time visitor. I'm about to say, turn the night. My God just showed me something. You know why people do that? Because they haven't turned that knife all the way. See, they're trying to give half of the ram up. See, when you give up half the ram, you just need you. You're trying to keep that thing alive. Hmm. I'm about to say, burn the whole ram. We can take the Somebody say, burn it. Somebody say, burn the whole ram. Somebody say, don't hold on to the leg. The eyes. The tail. Burn it all. Say, if you want to smell good to God, burn it all. Burn it all. 
to get somebody to live and breathe. Y'all don't miss this part. And, and the angel of 
Lord, the Lord, talked unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. And said, Now here is God speaking to him after the sacrifice. But by myself have I sworn, said the Lord. Because because thou hast done this thing, that is not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. Oh, God has obeyed my voice. The word of the Lord is telling me that the blessing is on the other side of the sacrifice. Y'all heard what I said, church? The blessing is on the other side of the sacrifice. If you are not willing to sacrifice, there is no other blessing for you. But the moment you put it in your mind to sacrifice and give up and make more time and do more for God, that makes God, it testifies to God or in his heart, it, it touches him so deeply to where he begins to bless you. Thank you. 
to make that kind of connection with God. That's okay. But if you're serious about connecting with God, amen, if you feel like crying, let yourself cry. If you feel like mourning, let yourself mourn. Amen. If there's any sin in your heart, just begin to repent of it right now. And ask God to come into your heart today. Amen. And let us begin to call upon the Lord. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah, Lord. Father, we humble ourselves before you right now, God. God, we humble ourselves.